theory or practice, it's a constant battle when you're teaching. I'm Dr. Joy Patterson, the Director of Educator Preparation at Governor State University and the College of Education. And I'm Dr. Amy Viaclia, Governor State University Assistant Professor of English Teacher Education. In teaching and learning theory versus practice, Dr. Joy and I will duke it out over whether theory or practice wins the match. Yeah, I can't wait. So whether you're a teacher, an education leader, or looking to learn more about the field, you can hear from industry experts on education topics. We invite you to be the judge as we box it out. Stick around to find out who wins this week's match. Good morning, Dr. Joy. Good morning, Dr. Amy. How are you this morning? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to have a guest from the Illinois State Board of Education with us today. And, and here's what I like about having a guest from the Illinois State Board of Education is that they've come a long way in working with educators. They've been working with the universities, with the local schools, and other advocates to come up with policies and standards like culturally responsive teaching and diverse learner-ready initiatives. Exactly. And Emily Fox serves as the Director of Educator Effectiveness at the Illinois State Board of Education. She has worked at ISBE for more than eight years in a variety of roles. Prior to working at ISBE, she worked in recruitment and admissions at the University of Illinois. Emily works with a variety of initiatives, including efforts to recruit and retain diverse educators and endeavors to reduce unfilled educator positions statewide. And we know that is a monumental task. It is a monumental task and Emily is awesome and we have really enjoyed working with her and even though she has a administrative position at the state level, we consider her a friend. Absolutely. So welcome to our show, Emily. We're so happy to have you. Good morning. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, and you're so bright with smiles. We're happy to have you, Emily. We're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about culturally responsive teaching and learning and this initiative of diverse learner-ready teachers. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to jump right in because my reaction to it is part of me says, what's taking is, what took ISBE so long? But I'm just happy that there's been this resurgence implementing the CRTL standards. So what prompted ISBE to research this implementation? So this work actually started back in 2018. It feels so long ago. Um, our agency was invited by CCSSO, which is the Council of Chief State School Officers, to take part in a, a new initiative they were doing called the Diverse and Learner Ready Teacher Initiative. Through that initiative, the two overarching goals were to one, diversify the teacher workforce, 
And then two, to ensure that all teachers, regardless of race, practice culturally responsive teaching. So as part of that work, Illinois was able to connect with other states and then also think of our own strategies that we wanted to implement in our state in order to reach those two overarching goals. One of the goals that we set forth as a state was to develop culturally responsive teaching and leading standards. We thought that those would be so great to have. It would also allow Illinois to emerge as a leader in that space since there are so few states that have standalone standards in those areas. So we started work on the standards in 2019. And the whole process of standard development takes quite a bit of time. So we started in 2019, we actually finished them in 2019. But then the vetting process, and then the rulemaking process, which is where the standards are at now, is what takes the most time. So we're hoping that the standards will be finalized and in place in spring 2021. So tell us just a little bit more about this initiative, the Diverse Learner Ready Teacher Initiative. What is it? Who does it serve? Sure. So as part of this standard set, uh, we brought together a group of stakeholders who developed nine standards with performance indicators that basically define what culturally responsive teaching and leading looks like. And the intent of these new standards is to ensure that our teachers and educators are culturally competent and prepared to reach all children. As both of you know, Illinois students are very diverse. We have more than 52% of our students identifying as students of color and English language learners are also making up the fastest growing student population. Um, at the same time, our teachers remain overwhelmingly white and female. So the ability to be able to reach students from different cultural backgrounds is an essential skill for any teacher to be able to succeed today in Illinois. You know, we applaud that vision. And actually, we were just talking about that, even at Governor State University alone, about 90% of our candidates are white females. So we definitely think this will help. So we know that teachers are really, they're hard workers and they're overwhelmed sometimes and they have their content standards and they have their social emotional learning standards. Why did we feel that it was important that these were standalone standards? So we considered condensing them into existing standards, but when we weighed the pros and cons, we really felt that these standards could not truly be encompassed within any of our existing standard sets, any of the standards that our prep programs already align to, just because these standards are so robust. They're too robust, they're too important to try to condense under, for example, a current standard of diversity within our Illinois professional teaching standards. We thought that this set of competencies was important enough to have its own standard set whether, rather than try to condense it into one that already existed. Well, I'm interested, of course, I'm a teacher. Joy is director of educator preparation, but the standards have the word teacher. What might be the future for all educator and other educator professions? 
So like I mentioned earlier, the Diverse and Learner Ready Teacher Initiative was started by CCSSO and Illinois was invited to take part in the work. Unfortunately, shortly after the work started, CCSSO was unable to continue funding the project for all of the states to come together and collaborate and learn from each other. But Illinois decided to continue the work independently and the name just stuck. So even though the name is Diverse and Learner Ready Teachers, the standards and the work that we're doing really is geared toward all educators. And a few upcoming ISBE initiatives that we plan to take on as part of the Diverse and Learner Ready Teacher Initiative or initiatives that just relate to diversity and equity in general within our educator preparation programs will focus on teacher and administrator recruitment and retention, which also aligns to goals that are set forth in our ISBE strategic plan. I'm happy to hear that. I think that our school psychologists and school counselors and social workers will be happy to hear that. I know that our coordinators are already trying to implement the standards. We don't think that they will change that much in the approval process. What is your hope for teachers and administrators and even the IHEs? You know, we're having these conversations about is this an integration in the courses that we have? Should we have standalone course that address these standards? So what is your hope of the implementation of these standards? In our rules, we did set forth a timeline of 2025. So that's the date by which we um, want all of our preparation programs to align to have aligned to these new standards but we are hoping and we do plan to encourage all of our educator preparation programs to align much sooner so i'm really excited joy to hear your institution is already starting to think through what this might look like we do plan to do some sort of a training for the IHEs. I'm sure that's a common question that yeah. our institutions of higher education will have. Uh, we also plan to rely on our diverse and learner ready teacher network, which is a network of stakeholders that actually develop these standards. So we, we plan to lean on them to help us develop elements of these, this training and what integration into a prep program might look like. So please put us first on your list. Yeah, will do. <laughs> well, I want to talk about those stakeholders in just a moment. But first of all, what does successful implementation of these standards look like? What will success look like when completing, looking at completers in the next, say, one, two, well, five years when you are talking about 2025? Yeah. So really the goal and what we're looking for to come out of these standards. So in terms of success is that we want teachers, administrators, school support personnel to possess the knowledge and skills to be able to validate and affirm multiple viewpoints and lived experiences that will empower students and motivate them to learn. So in other words, we want them to be able to create an accommodating and inviting classroom culture. And we feel that a big part of classroom culture is being able to adapt teaching and education strategies and methodologies to be able to connect to students' cultural norms. So at the same time as you are exposing students to new ideas and worldviews that are different to their own, you're also recognizing and legitimizing the experiences of all students. 
Another strategy that we really think could come from these standards is engaging students as co-creators. So that's one of the performance indicators on one of our standards, which basically just means using students to create learning by drawing connections to what they already know. And research tells us that when students are able to connect learning to prior knowledge, this leads to academic gains. And then finally, another big part of the standards is reflection and self-awareness in educators themselves. So understanding how they as educators impact student learning and how their own identity and how their own lived experiences might impact their perspectives and beliefs. So the standards are really just an opportunity for us to be able to make sure that all of our educators are prepared to teach all of the children in our state. And I'm glad you responded that way because I was going to ask what was the hope for students, the recipients? And so that was a good response. So we talked about what we're doing with IHEs. What about the LEAs? How does this translate into professional development? Because we're only hitting a small percentage of the teachers as we you know, work with teacher candidates, but how does this translate into professional development? Yes, I'm so glad you asked about that. So development of the standards was phase one of our diverse and learner ready teacher work. So the standards are really just setting the framework for some initiatives that we plan to tackle in the upcoming year. One of those initiatives is related to developing professional development for our in-service teachers that is focused on culturally responsive teaching and leading. Like you mentioned, Joy, the standards are going to be incorporated into our educator preparation program. So they're going to be geared toward brand new individuals who are not yet licensed, making sure that they're prepared to get into the classroom. Whereas the professional development will really be targeted toward those in-service educators who already have a license and are already teaching. Even looking at the participants who are part of this diverse learner initiative, they're pretty diverse in terms of their backgrounds and even their ethnicity. Can you talk about how they were selected? Yes, we were very intentional about our selection for the network of stakeholders. We wanted to make sure that we were very inclusive when choosing the voices who were going to be impacting this work and really driving the work forward. So we had an application process. We, we developed a pretty robust application that asked about each individual's interest in the work, any research they have done in the area, or any sort of expertise or lived experience that they wanted to share with us. When reviewing the applications, we took all of the information on the application into consideration, but we also sought diverse voices to be at the table. So in terms of race, geographic representation, and even role, because Illinois is a very diverse state. So we ended up selecting a mixture of representatives from our educator preparation programs, practicing teachers, administrators and hiring managers, education advocacy group representatives, and even a few students. And one thing I'm really excited for this year is that we've decided to invite a parent voice to join the Diverse and Learner Ready Network. So we're, we're very excited to have that voice at the table this year. Well, that leads to my question about the process of the development of this initiative. You have so many voices, so many stakeholders. What should other organizations who, and people who might be listening to this podcast 
state's higher education institution, K-12 districts, what should they consider when undertaking an initiative such as this? Yes, I have three main points. First, allow plenty of time. Our process was a multi-year process. And when we first came up with the idea to develop these standards, you know, we were, we were ready to hit the ground running. We thought that we would be able to do it really quickly, get them in place really quickly. But in order to implement something and implement it well, you have to allow plenty of time. The second point is to find a partner to help with the work. We at the State Board of Education partnered with Wesley Williams at Westat, who is a national expert in culturally responsive teaching. Uh, he had worked with other state agencies prior to us, as well as some local education agencies to advance initiatives that were related to culturally responsive teaching and leading. So we were very excited to add him to the team so that he could help us develop standards that could be specific to Illinois. And then the third point is to engage stakeholders. So stakeholder engagement is important to any of the work that we do at the state level. Um, and stakeholder buy-in is so important to be able to advance new work forward. So in terms of engaging stakeholders, we kind of took a twofold approach. We, we formed a steering team, which was a very small team that was dedicated to determining the direction of the work. And then we formed a bigger team, the Diverse and Learner Ready Teacher Network, which was a larger group of 24 or so individuals who we considered to be the experts and the people who were closest to the work and would really determine the different strategies and how we would advance the work. I think that stakeholder engagement is, is a pivotal part of any process related to policy or change at a state level. Emily, I really want to applaud you on partnering with LEAs, IHEs, advocacy groups, and even with parents. And I want to strongly encourage you to continue to include our voice. I think that it's so important. Thank you. I always like to ask what our guests are reading. Who inspires you, Emily? Yes. So I'm actually in between books right now. And the reason is because I'm waiting for a book study that we're about to start at the agency. It was really exciting. They sent out a link to everybody and invited us to engage in a book study. Um, the book that we're going to be reading is Courageous Conversations About Race by Glenn Singleton. So I'm really excited to start diving into that work and being able to have conversations with my colleagues as we progress through the work together. And ultimately, you know, in anything I do and in, in any initiative that I do, I'm really inspired by our students, the two million public school children in Illinois. I just think that all of our children deserve to feel welcome, included, accepted at school, and they need to be able to see their cultural identity affirmed and represented in their curriculum. I think ultimately that's the key to student success. So all of the work that I lead or participate in um, at ISBE is definitely grounded in the vision of serving our state's children. That's absolutely wonderful. We're really interested in all these new initiatives that ISBE puts forth. I know that the ones that we've been involved in and have been privileged to experience have always pushed our candidates forward and into those classrooms ready to hit the ground running. And our students are in need of teachers who can 
appreciate their experiences. Do you have any ideas or hopes or considerations that we can implement or try to increase our reach, uh, our reach to candidates of different backgrounds, of people of color? Uh, What are you seeing as some things that have worked across the state or in other states to increase the desire to be a teacher? Yep, sure. And I think that that's that's the big question right now. We're in unprecedented times. We continue to see positions go unfilled and the number of positions that are unfilled in education statewide continue to grow each year. So it's, it is pivotal that we do try to get more individuals interested in the teaching and education profession, which at the same time, We want to make sure that the teaching profession is diverse and that it represents all of the students who are going to be taught in the public schools. One of the initiatives that ISBE is seeking to work on in the upcoming year, which we will be partnering very closely with with our educator preparation providers on, will be on developing recruitment and retention plans for diverse educators. So we plan to work very closely with with the institutions of higher education to set forth some ambitious goals to try to increase the diversity of those who enroll in preparation programs. And then ultimately those who complete preparation programs receive licensure and then are able to teach our state's children. Well, we'll you write that down. We've got an upcoming initiative to sign on for. We're already working on a task force alternative path to licensure. So this will be another opportunity for us. And we can't wait to have you back and we can discuss the courageous conversation about race. I think that'll be a great conversation for us. I will come back anytime you want to have me. (laughs) Thank you. It's been a pleasure, Emily Fox. The pleasure was mine. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. I'm getting that book. What do you think? You want yeah, to be definitely. I'm, I'm writing an email now. Courageous conversations about race is exactly what we need to have this conversation because so many of our faculty, they recognize it as a problem that we don't have many teacher candidates of colors, especially African-American teachers, and we have difficulty retaining them. But oftentimes we don't see ourselves as part of the problem. So how do we become part of the solution of recruitment, but also retaining them? It has been so many, many challenges since my time of being at GSU, you know, just that four years of being at GSU, I have interacted with a few African-American teacher candidates that we have, and they have serious concerns. And so I think now it's time for us to listen and learn and take action. Thank you for listening to Teaching and Learning Theory versus Practice with Dr. Amy Viaclia and Dr. Joy Patterson. We hope that you have been inspired by this conversation and will join us again as we talk about trends in education and perspectives on teaching. We welcome your comments and feedback. What conversations are you interested in hearing? We'll leave it up to you, our listeners. Did theory or practice win the match? I think it was theory probably this time. Uh, practice.
Until next time, we're Dr. Amy and Dr. Joy. <laughs>